As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of On Farm. I'm Anna Davis and as always it's great to be here with you. Now we launched On Farm back in January 2020. It seems like a long time ago, a lot has happened uh, since then in the world. Um, But we've put out more than 50 brand new episodes in that time and Monty and I and the rest of the team are extremely proud of what we've achieved. But we also have to accept the fact that uh, when it comes to rural podcasts, we are a bit of a Johnny-come-lately on the scene compared to the guests that we have today. He won't need much of an introduction to many of you, although you will probably be interested in some of his Scottish connections. And uh, you'll be interested also in his motivations for getting involved in podcasting in the first place. So here he comes, the godfather of rural podcasting, Will Evans from the Rock and Roll Farming podcast. I'm Will. I'm a farmer from northeast Wales near Wrexham. Um, we farm beef cattle and arable crops and do a bit of contracting as well. I live on the family farm um, with my wife and four young daughters. Um, and then uh, a few years ago, I very randomly decided to start a farming podcast. And that has led me to get involved with various different industry things. But um, first and foremost, uh, I am a working farmer. I'd love to talk to you more about the farming in a minute, but um, one of the reasons why we asked you to take part in On Farm today is because you're kind of old hat at this. We've, we're in 50-something <laughs> episodes. Old hat. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Anna. <laughs> Not old, experienced hat. <laughs> how, yeah, how to do really well, offend your guests in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Um, but the last the last episode of yours I listened to was a really interesting one with a guy who shares my surname, uh, Richard Davis, the gentleman who went out to Australia. Yeah. Um, and that you said at the beginning of that episode that that was your 160th, I think, episode. So you, you are way ahead of on farm when it comes to episodes because we're in number 50 something. But I'm curious uh, because we, we had various motivations for, for kicking it off. But I'm curious as to why you you started rock and roll farming in the first place what what did you see in your mind as as the need or the desire well i suppose i i was doing a bit with social media and um i realized that i was getting quite a good response from non-farmers to just sort of pictures of the farm if you like you know people were interested yeah though i wasn't sort of doing it in a very in-depth way as you know as anyone who follows me on social media will know i, I you know i don't take it too seriously I, i'm quite flippant on there i just i just like making people laugh really but um i i sort of came to realize the the power of new media if you like the, 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 this sort of stuff that wasn't available very long ago but now kind of everybody's on and 
Um, I was an early listener of podcasts generally, um, sort of mm-hmm. sport and history, you know, random things like that. And then I thought, well, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was a farming podcast? And I've always been someone who's really interested in people and human stories and, you know, how people have got to where they've got to in life. And and especially, you know, being so so much part of the farming community, I guess, farming stories and and the human stories behind food production, I suppose. So I thought, well, you know, why isn't there a, a farming podcast? You know, why isn't there someone talking to people about their lives? You know, people who, who you wouldn't necessarily usually hear from. And I kept thinking, well, why aren't the wider industry doing this? You know, why aren't the NFU? Why aren't the HDB? And then I thought, well, no, if I if I think this, then I bet I've got to do it myself. It's no good moaning that other people aren't doing it. You know, I, I, I need to do it. So I thought, well... Okay, I'll I'll give it a bash, and 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 that was it really. I had the idea and and sort of made it happen very quickly. Got on YouTube, looked, you know, googled how to make a podcast, and and that was it really. Just sort of contacted a few people, and everybody seemed to respond well. Everybody who I asked if they would do an interview said yes, that'd be great. And you know, it was quite funny to start with. You know, people, you well, first of all, you had to explain what a podcast was to a lot of people yeah. um you st- still find ourselves doing still that. do yeah. occasionally um yeah. but you know even people who who had never done any kind of interview before and were probably quite nervous as soon as you got them on to what they were passionate about which is usually their livestock or or, or their crops or whatever they're doing in farming you know they were away and you know just brilliant to hear this sort of passion in their voice and you know, I didn't want to make it too technical. I wanted to aim it at farmers and non-farmers, and I think I think we've successfully managed to do that. And you know, from there, um, it's been this month. It will have been four years since I started it, and um, yeah, I've just just loved every minute of it. Four years, wow, yeah. So that that really is kind of in the early days of podcasting because um, you know, four years doesn't seem that long ago, but actually. There weren't that many people listening those days, so you were you were at the forefront and kind of catching people early, which I think is is really important. Yeah, I suppose as well. I had I had the idea to do it, and then I thought, like like we all do, I suppose. I had a few sort of creeping doubts. I thought, well, no, I you know this is not not really for me. I'm not I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'm and I'm and I'm not. I'm not someone who has a kind of particularly sort of big personality or. You know, I, I thought, well, I don't know if I'm cut out to do this. And then I thought, well, well, no, you, you, the last thing you want is to be someone who had an idea and then didn't have the, the courage to, to go through with it. So, yeah, you know, that was that yeah. was a bit of a motivating factor as well. And, and possibly, if I'm honest as well, I was in my late 30s then coming up to 40 and the whole thing is probably a bit of a midlife crisis as well to be honest. So, um, <laughs> which which my wife and children would tell you is ongoing. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if maybe I'm in the same boat as you then because it sounds like we're about exactly the same age and I hadn't really thought that that I was going through a midlife crisis but maybe <laughs> maybe that's what I've been doing all along I didn't realize. <laughs> so so you obviously don't come from a radio background or anything but you you enjoy people yeah. you obviously enjoy chatting to people and you know it's it's sometimes we use the word interview but it's never an interview it's always you know a conversation and a chat to find out more about people but you must have you must have had to to gain a huge number of skills in other areas i mean did you did you know about 
recording? Did you know about editing and all that kind of no, thing? Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> not not a thing. I mean, you know, I, I am probably as 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 much of a. Uh, I don't. Well, I was going to say a sort of standard farmer. I don't know if there's any such thing as a standard farmer. But I, you know, I left school very young just to come and work on the farm, and you know, that's where that's where I'm happiest. And I'd never done any kind of creative project before although I've always been quite literary 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 is literary a word I've always read a lot anyway and you know I I read a lot a lot and I've always enjoyed writing and things but I've never done any kind of creative project so no it was it was very much um get onto YouTube watch videos hosted by very irritating American teenagers telling you how to make a podcast and It's one of those things that I was quite daunted by to start with, and I thought, God, I'm never, I'm never going to get the hang of this. But then, you know, even in those early days, once you got on kind of um, podcast forums and things, which I don't recommend, um, <laughs> the, um, highly nerdy places. But um, you know, you saw, you thought, well, if all these people can do it, then I can do it. It can't be that difficult. And once you've done a few. You know, as you'll know, it, it it's not that difficult, is it? Once you once you're up and running with it, so um. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have to admit, when it comes to editing, um, I have no idea if it's difficult or not, <laughs> because I'm a bit lazy, and uh, trusty Dave, our producer, does that for <laughs> me. But I, as as far as I'm aware, you do your whole podcast from start to finish yourself. Is that right? I do. Yeah, and and wow. I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm very good at editing because. Um, I'm not ruthless enough so I find I because I find it also interesting you know I can speak to people for an hour and a half and find every minute interesting so I find it really hard to cut things out so um that that is I think probably the thing that I'm worst at of course with busy farm and mixed farm you know we're always busy with something and the kids and and all the things they have going on and other stuff I do as well you know I do end up doing it very early morning or very late late at night but you know, it's like anything, isn't it? I, I, I certainly wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, as long as I enjoy it, I'll yeah. keep doing it. Well, exactly. And, you know, like us, you know, you, you had a bit of a holiday for a wee while back then because, you know, it's a lot of pressure, uh, particularly when you're doing every task yourself. It's a lot of pressure to feel as though every single week you've got to have fresh new content when you might have a week where you're not feeling particularly chatty. Um, you might have a week where you've just got so much on yeah. that you just can't get to it. So it's challenging, I, I guess. I don't know if you feel the same, that you you kind of build up an expectation and people want to be listening to you every week. But at the same time, that presents a huge pressure. So sometimes you've just got to think, deep breath, let's have a rest and then kind of come back fresh. Do, do you think? Yeah, definitely. And, and I... Um like a lot of people had a really sort of difficult summer the weather was terrible um harvest dragged on and on and on and just sort of pressures of farming and everyday life and everything built up and it all got a bit on top of me so yeah I did I did have a break from the podcast for I think I think I think it was about four months in the end I always did intend to bring it back and and when I did bring it back, I was full of renewed enthusiasm so but what I have done since I brought it back in just over a year ago I I whereas before I had religiously put one out every week and put a lot of pressure on myself to do so now I tend not to I tend to put out about three a month so I have a week in a month where I don't mm. where I don't do one and it just I don't know it, it just it works a bit better for me I've, I'm trying to get a bit better yeah. at not 
putting too much pressure on myself because I think you know we all do that to an extent don't we we do yeah definitely uh, and when when you when you brought it back what was it that made you think right now now is the right time I, I feel ready for to to keep going again I suppose I think I think it was just um well I I, I had a few mental health problems uh, which was probably just burnout really mm. um and and I sort of got to a point where it's it's hard to articulate but but I I felt like everything was crashing down on, on me and because I probably was doing too many things all at once I felt like I wasn't doing anything well enough and I was kind of letting everybody down so I wasn't spending enough time with my wife and my kids so then I was letting them down and then if I was with them I felt like I was letting the farm down and then I you know I wasn't I felt like I wasn't doing the podcast well enough because I didn't have enough time to do research and things so it just all kind of came crashing down and you know in the end I went to the GP I was on antidepressants for six months which I'm you know I'm very happy to talk about because it's yeah you know it is an illness and you know you should we need to raise awareness we do yeah. and you yeah. know I'm not ashamed of it. it it is what it is and and I would I would you know I'd go on them again if I have to I, I hope I never will but and I'm, and I'm great now I'm fine um but um you know it was a big thing for me and it, I don't think I'm fully come to terms with it yet but mm. the antidepressants helped um, in the end, it took a while to work, but in the end, they helped, and I just sort of felt full of renewed enthusiasm again. And I suppose I, you know, despite everything, I do, you know, I do love doing the podcast. You know, I, I it is a lot of work, but you know, you get to speak to so many inspiring people. You know, and inspiring is perhaps a bit of an overused word, but you know, some of the people I speak to have just overcome such great challenges in their life or they've really sort of seized the bull by the horns and done something really different and you know those people who I wouldn't normally encounter or get the chance to speak to and have a very in-depth conversation over an hour which you know we don't tend to do that much in our lives anymore do we so you know getting that opportunity is a real privilege I think and and I do find it, it you know I suppose selfishly I then I take that enthusiasm and drive I hope to my own life and and you know that that sort of level level of inspiration it gives me a real lift I think yeah I think that's so true and and never more so than in lockdown you know we we don't have conversations in any depth with people because we're not seeing them at the moment And, and I suppose that that will help you as you've outlined it certainly it certainly inspires and I yeah I know you're right it is an overused word but it's it's got a good meaning yeah. so let's just carry on yeah. um but um it, yeah you do meet and meet virtually meet and talk to inspiring people which improve your day yeah. and then I suppose you know how how much do you kind of think about the listeners because I think um particularly with your podcast you've people are I don't want to use the word reliant but you know you're cheering up people's day and perhaps for people who live alone, you're providing company. Um, that's quite quite a weird and difficult thing to think about. But do, does it go through your mind ever? Yeah, it does. It does sometimes. Um, it's funny. I, I was actually talking to my wife about this not long ago about how you know I, I can't sort of emphasise enough really how odd all this has been for me because I. You know, I left school literally as soon as I could. Went home, to, you know, the, that well-worn path that farmers' sons take. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. straight home to the farm. All I ever wanted to do, and then for a long time, 
you know, I did young farmers and all that sort of stuff. And I did, I did go to Harper Adams for a few years and, and, you know, I loved all that, but I, I never really looked outside my own sort of few hundred acres, if, if you know what I mean. I, you know, I really mm-hmm. didn't, I was just very focused on the farm. We made a lot of changes and, you know, I'm very proud of the business we have here, but, you know, it was only sort of, yeah, the last few years, uh, 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 since starting this little podcast in my spare room, the things that have happened to me that I don't really think about, but one day I think I will. I, I think suddenly I'll sit down and look back and think, well, how the hell did all that happen? You know, <laughs> all that weirdness. Um, I suppose I do. I, in answer to your question, though, I, I occasionally do, things do get through. Yeah, I, I had a lovely, you know, sometimes you get messages. I had a, a very lovely email from a lady who was having a um, very aggressive course of chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. She listens to the podcast every week and the chemotherapy was uh, terribly affecting her sleep so she'd end up just sort of lying awake in bed every single night and you know and she she kind of oh. would listen to the podcasts and it would help her you know in, in as she said it, it would help her get through the night and face her her demons and you know she was obviously extremely worried about what she was going through as you can imagine so yeah. things like that yeah. you know it's not something I dwell upon but it, it does it does mean something and you know when we've talked about mental health on the podcast I've always had messages afterwards um, I had a very long message after one interview in particular where we talked about mental health um, from a, a farmer in Australia actually who I think he was a he was an older gentleman very long email and he just said um, here in this podcast has saved my life you know I, I was I was absolutely on, wow. on on the floor I've somebody's recommended this podcast I've listened to it and on the back of it I've reached out to my GP you know things like that again it it is I don't you know and that's all down to the guests for opening up and being brave enough to do so but yeah when I stop and think about it that is that is pretty cool yeah it it does mean it it does mean something to me yes it does yeah. So you must be like us in a way, you know, we've we've had so many tears. Yeah. We heard from a lady called Sarah Scarrett about an experience she had and a and a conversation she had with a farmer who had been considering taking his own life and we've spoken to Nina Clancy from RSABI. Monty was in tears a couple of weeks ago talking about equine grass sickness and the devastating impact that has on horses mm-hmm. and people. And yeah, gosh, it's it's an emotional journey sometimes, isn't it? But um, but overwhelmingly positive in that, you know, you're hearing inspiring stories, you're helping people at the same time and and getting out stories that otherwise perhaps wouldn't have a channel to reach people. Yeah, very much so. And uh, <laughs> you're Welsh like me, Anna, you know, we're emotional people anyway, aren't we? So, you know, it doesn't, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't take much to set me off um, at the best of times. So... Yeah, those kind of human stories are always hard hitting, aren't they? And you know, and some of the people I've spoken to, you know, a couple in particular, sort of um, Patrick Joyce, who I spoke to, um, who at the time had terminal cancer, and spoke about his diagnosis and you know how that had sent him into a spiral of depression and affected his family and things like that. And you know, Patrick's you know since passed away, but you know, I've kept in touch with his wife Zanna and. You know, things like that, just, I don't know, just getting the chance to, you know, he he, ra- he raised a huge amount of money in the last sort of six months of his life um, wow. and, and just sort of getting the chance to, I suppose, help with that in a very small way, you know, help get that message out there, I think is, yeah, a real privilege and it does, 
yeah, it does. It means a lot to me. Oh, I bet, I bet, and quite right too. You know, you're doing a great service uh, by people. I think now, now we kind of we know the stats about how podcast listenership is increasing at a crazily fast rate. Um, but it may it may be true to say that occasionally the farming community are perhaps a little bit more tardy at, at catching up <laughs> on certain digital trends than others. <laughs> Trying to be very diplomatic here. Yeah. But do you th- do you think you know if we're having another conversation in two years' time, what do you think will be the state of play in terms of the the agricultural sector listening to rock and roll farming and on farm and any other podcasts that that happen to be out there? Oh, I think in two years' time, every single person in the farming community will have their own podcast, won't they? That's, that seems to be the way it's going. <laughs> um, I think um, a lot of people have discovered them, obviously, this year as well. And, and certainly by some of the messages I've had, you know, people have discovered um, Rock and Roll Farming this year and then they've gone and listened to the yeah. back catalogue and things like that. And I'm sure it's the same with On Farm, um, which is lovely. And I think, I mean, I think one of the nice things about podcasts and the podcast community is everybody's always willing to help each other. So, Mm. uh, you know, uh, when I started my podcast, I got in touch with a few other podcasters and things and asked them for help and they were only too willing to do so. And, you know, I've, I've helped one or two people get going with their podcast and it's not really about, you know, I certainly don't feel like I'm, competing with other farming podcasts it's not you know it's not not the point at all you know I I just want to see others and you know it's just about sort of getting that message out there positively about farming making sure we're in that digital space you know we can't stop the negative stories about farming um and obviously you know there are people out there who who are um against farming and and particular kinds of um food production but and we can't stop that that's fine that's their point of view but we've just got to make sure that as many of us are possible or as possible are putting out our side of the story as well and from my point of view the more people who are putting out podcasts and videos or, or whatever kind of digital media in the farming and agricultural space the better. Yes, I, I completely agree. It's you've got to, as you say, you can't you can't combat the negative. All you can do is put out the positive. Um I suppose always in my mind as well is kind of what you've touched on, um, is we would love more non farming people to listen to our podcast and to your pod podcast and to every rural podcast because actually there's a huge amount that we'd like them to know. Um what what do you think about a kind of about that non farming audience and how we reach them? Yeah, I th- I think you're hundred percent right. I mean, I very consciously early on decided not to make it too technical. I try to I try not to have too much farming jargon. I try not to go too much in depth. And I and I listen to several farming podcasts that are like that, that are aimed at farmers. And you know, there's some absolutely brilliant ones out there. But that's not really what I was trying to do. And judging by certainly the sort of messages I get, um, I would say. And uh, and you're right. It's hard. It is hard to find out exactly. But I would say probably fifty fifty um, with me. I get. I do get a lot of non-farmers listen, and I know several of them have messaged me to say that they have then kind of told their friends and things like that. So you know that stuff makes me think that I must be doing something right with it. And then I, I see sort of things like. I mean, I never wanted to. Um, 
one of the reasons why I like doing a podcast is because I'm behind a microphone asking questions. Or usually, I know today I'm answering questions, but um, <laughs> yeah. which does make a nice change. But but I'm most comfortable when I'm asking questions. Um, so like I could never do uh, videos in a YouTube channel. Um, but I mean, I think some yeah, you know it's yeah. just not my I, I I just wouldn't be very good at it, and I wouldn't be very comfortable with it. But but some of the people who are doing those now, um, people like Tom Pemberton. Um, obviously Hannah, Hannah Jackson, people like that, they do such a, mm. such a good job. And they get, you know, some of them have got like 100,000 plus subscribers, you know. So, yeah, so a lot of those will be children. A lot of those will be, I would I presume will, the majority will be non-farmers. So it just, you know, there are people in the farming community who who are doing it right and are really helping the industry and, you know, long may that continue you know i'm so full of admiration for those people because as we know with a podcast it takes up a lot of time you know uh, you know and it will be the same for those people doing videos and things so yeah yeah you know all all these things kind of add up don't they and and the more people doing it the better i think yeah and i totally agree with what you said earlier about you know it's it's not a competition, you know, no, nobody's, we're not rivals of yours and vice versa, because it's got to be about getting those messages out to as wide an audience as possible. And I suppose the ideal scenario is that people listen to your podcast and ours, and I'm sure many do. Yeah, very much um, so. But we've got to kind of all rally together. And, and I think, I, I sometimes I think, you know, Actually, the support is out there and it's been phenomenal. I know you have regular support from NFU Cymru and you, you probably have, you know, sort of moral support from thousands of organisations. Um, and I think that really helps. But I suppose, actually, we just like everybody to share stuff. You know, this podcast is free to listen to and hopefully everybody's learning something. All podcasts are free to listen to, but hopefully every time they listen to you or us, they're learning something. So the more we support we can get from every corner of agriculture just to share the link, yeah. uh, the better. Um, have you, would you say you've had a, a crazy level of, of positive support in terms of getting that that kind of sharing going? Yeah, yeah, I have. But I know what you're saying. It would be nice if wider industry helped as well. Mm. Some of the stuff, um, various things I've been involved in, not necessarily with the podcast, but – and I, I – don't want to go I don't want to mention any names in particular but you know I have been quite frustrated sometimes with wider farming industry that uh, often some of the industry bodies seem to be competing against each other rather than working together Um, and you know a big part of what I do is trying to bring people together I'm a big believer in sort of collaboration and working together and Mm. finding common ground so you know I have been frustrated at that at times but then I suppose again I go go back to what I said at the beginning I suppose if you sit and wait for other people to do things for you then it, it doesn't happen I suppose you've got to make it happen for yourself so you know I think the rise of these kind of podcasts and and some of the other things I've mentioned you know I guess it all helps but but yes some some assistance and, and great support from wider industry um, is always welcome. I oh, yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah, it's, it's great, but there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Now, now, this might be a difficult question to answer, I suppose. But um, thinking, you know, you you've got four daughters, so you've got double the trouble of me because I've got two. Um, uh, but thinking about them, you know, when they get to our age, 
we kind of know where we we've all got different views, but we all kind of all know where we want farming and agriculture to be. But how do you think that the kind of digital and include you know, including that podcasting revolution will help farming to get its message across between now and you know whenever our daughters are are in their uh, early forties? Yeah, um, I, I think massively. I mean, I think back to when I was. When I was younger, um, and farming, there were some exceptions, but it pretty much was a closed shop. You know, there were not many new entrants in farming at all. Um, you know, it's it, it certainly—I mean, it's not particularly diverse now, but it certainly wasn't a diverse industry then, and it, and it wasn't anything that even people talked about or thought about. I don't think. Um, and you look how that's changed over the last few years and I think young women the fastest growing demographic in farming I think um, um, and you know although we've got a long way to go in terms of diversity in the industry I do think you know it's it's improving slowly um, so yeah I think I think there's so much opportunity for new blood in farming new entrants you know people come in with different ideas people who perhaps question you know, and we all do this to an extent don't we even if you you know, I mean, I try and be very open-minded to change and um, I try and be aware not to get too stuck in a, you know, we've always done it this way kind of rut. But at the same time, sometimes when you've been farming for a long time and you're part of a farming family, you just don't notice things, you know, things that, you know, perhaps you just walk past them every day and you don't, you don't question it. Whereas new entrants and people who come into the industry from different sectors or different backgrounds they invariably do look at things in a different way and then that pushes the rest of us on because then suddenly well, we're we're seeing what they're doing and think well well maybe we could do that as well you know and i think that's really important to have that sort of diverse industry of different people from different backgrounds different ideas and so i hope that continues um my kids are, are quite young i have no idea whether they'll go into farming or not even if they do want to go into farming i would hope they would perhaps go off and do something else for a few years first if they do want to that would be fantastic um nothing would make me prouder than being um evans and daughters one day here on the farm oh yeah that that'd be pretty cool um but you know <laughs> yeah. if they if they don't want to and they all scatter to the four winds then you know we'll have to decide what to do then um totally forgot what i was going to ask you next actually um don't worry i know what that's like <laughs> I I did a podcast yesterday. I interviewed someone yesterday, and I did exactly the same thing. I absolutely, yeah. Um, I remember now. I said, um, "You, you know, you said at the beginning that first and foremost, you are and will always be a farmer." Um, yeah. Do you think you've learned anything from your podcasting journey that's a kind of transferable skill back to the farm? Um, might seem like a strange connection, but has it taught you anything that's improved your? your farming abilities do you think yes yeah, so i'd say it has actually because i i've always been a bit um as anyone will know me and particularly my wife would tell you i'm not a particularly organized person so i'm <laughs> i'm quite um my mind is quite scattergun i think in the way i think of things but what the podcast has as has definitely taught me is to be much more organized and to be able to you know, and I, and I am involved with a fair few different things now. I'm recently, um, I'm one of the new directors of Oxford Farming Conference and, and sort of different oh, different yes. yeah. different things. And what it has, all this has taught me is 
uh, to be much better organized and to be able to I suppose compartmentalize easy for me to compartmentalize things better yeah I'm just more, much more organized and I think that has a much uh, a knock-on effect for every aspect of my life I think as they say if you want something done ask a busy person um and I, I stand by that motto because mm. if you more you've got to do the more you're forced into to being organized yeah um, yeah Obviously, we're, I'm assuming um, that you're still your podcast, Rock and Roll Farming, will still be going in another four years' time, another eight years' time, etc. <laughs> but so far, so far, what do you think has been the biggest sort of personal win for you, having having created it four years ago? Um, I th- I think, in all honesty. When I when I started the podcast, I, I suppose like everyone else who, who starts a podcast, you know, I was always checking download numbers, and I, I, you know, if it went down one week, I was like stressing about it. But I honestly don't do that anymore. In fact, I very rarely look at downloads or, or figures at all because it's not it's just not why I do it anymore. I do it because I get people who listen every week, who message me every week. It's just such a lovely little community, and it and it that has again without wishing to sound cheesy and it's not meant in this way it really has sort of enriched my life really you know there are lots of people who listen from all around the world who message me all the time who I'll probably never meet but I feel like I'm by doing the podcast I'm you know providing them with a little bit of interest every week or a bit of entertainment or whatever it might be and you know that is a just a really nice feeling so you know again I, I, emphasis that is 100% down to the guests um, you know and, 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 and them coming on and being willing to talk about their lives and what they do um, in such an engaging way but you know having that feeling that I am contributing I suppose is is very important to me so Yes, I, I suppose of all the things it's led to, that is still that is still the most important. Yeah, it's the community aspect of it, I think, that's the most important to me, and I, do, I don't see that changing. Yeah. Um, I'm dying to ask, actually. I don't know if you ever check, because we don't check very often, but in the early days, we used to check our reviews and what people said about us, and it still makes me laugh, because I think on about week two somebody left us a one-star review on Apple and, and said, this lot don't know what they're talking about or something like that. Um, Monty was dead dead set on trying to find out who it was and go and leave something nasty on their doorstep. But, um, make, so, thankfully, we've had positive reviews since then, but have you ever, ever had anybody take exception to something that you've done? Um, I don't think I've ever had any bad reviews on on Apple, um, I tended, I've had some really nice reviews on there. I mean, I get a bit of that on social media sometimes. Mm. But then, you know, social media is a funny place anyway. And, and I, I would like to think that if those people met me in real life, they'd think I was okay. Um, but again, you know, if they didn't, then that's fine as well. You know, not, not everybody's cup of tea. I'm very aware of that. Well, no. but as, as my husband said actually to me this morning, he said, well... He must be a hit with the ladies in Scotland because whenever he interviews anybody in Scotland, it's always a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I hadn't thought about that. I suppose I haven't speak about women in Scotland, actually. Yeah, well, I suppose Scotland is, is a bit my 
I always think of Scotland as my sort of second country anyway, because I've got family farm just outside Dundee. My aunt, my my, oh, my auntie yes. and uncle and and right, cousins right. farm ju- just outside Dundee, and um, oh, okay. and uh, I've got some very good friends up there as well. So we do and we try and get up to Scotland as often as possible. My wife and I got engaged in in the Highlands and. Um, yeah, oh, love love Scotland. Yeah. So yeah, any any yeah, a bit like me then. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. half Welsh and half Scottish, so I feel quite yeah quite divided. And obviously, live in Scotland, haven't visited Wales for a very long time. But I always love a Scotland Wales rugby match because I can't lose. Yeah, it. well, it's also it's also <laughs> the best game, isn't it? It's always very entertaining. So <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, oh, it's been really, really fascinating to chat with you, Will, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. But um, I think we're on the same wavelength that, you know, we it takes up a lot of our time. Um, it's certainly never going to make us fit, <laughs> but no. um, it's something that's enjoyable yeah. and you feel as though it's, it's worthwhile. And um, I think collectively, the more people we can get listening, um, we're always saying to people, you know, just show your granny or show your dad how to physically download a podcast because yeah. we find that actually that's a bit of a barrier for people they want to listen because if you love the radio you're going to love a podcast yeah. um but sometimes people are just a little bit fearful of the mobile technology and don't know how so anybody who is listening just go and show somebody if they don't know how to do it that's that's always a good start but i think yeah collectively we just love more people to embrace podcasting so that they'll listen to to everything out there and and learn something and enjoy something for sure yeah uh, you know I, I echo everything you you just said there and and certainly in terms of sort of older people and i think the pandemic is you know we've all been isolated for a long time so you know a lot of people um, a lot of older people i know have been stuck on their on their own in their homes for for several months now and it's you know, things like podcasts can make a difference to people's lives. So yeah, anything, you know, anything you can do to help in terms of that, I think um, is really important. And yeah, and, and again, you know, on, on coronavirus, and, you know, sorry to talk about coronavirus because it's dominating everything. Okay, it, it, we can't avoid we it. Can't, we can't, but, you know, I suppose what it, what it, what it has done, I guess, is again, emphasise the importance of community and people keeping an eye out for each other and, and helping each other along. So yeah, and, and anything that people can do in that regard, I think um, I'm all in favour of. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely, and and um, you know, Zoom, Zoom is all well and good, um, but hopefully we can we can get to meet in person at some point um, once once COVID is out of the way, and perhaps you're up if you're ever up for the Highland Show or we're we're down for the Royal Welsh or something. It would be great to to catch up and share a, a G and T and uh, share more stories. What, what a thought that is. Can you imagine being on a sunny day at the Highland show now? God, oh, I know, blissful. I know. Yes. No, I'd love, I'd love to do that. Yes. And uh, obviously you're welcome anytime. It was really great to spend some time chatting to Will. So thank you, Will. Um, it's been fascinating. And I think we have a lot to learn from you. Um, I'm sure you do already, but if you haven't, please do go and find the rock and roll farming in your podcast feed. Um, and thank you as always for listening as Will and I both said during the episode um, and as we say a lot we totally rely on you to recommend the podcast to people and spread word of what we're doing so please do share this episode on Twitter and Instagram or even Facebook if you've enjoyed it Um, if you remember to tag us at on underscore farm UK we'll be able to say thank you to you in person hopefully an honourable mention this time to my cousin 
<laughs> Stephen Young, who said on Twitter that our latest episode with SAOS was, and I quote, edging towards quite good. Stephen, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, we'll get, I'll be, you'll be getting a nice clip round the ear next time I see you for being so cheeky. But uh, nevertheless, I realise that you don't give compliments easily. So uh, very much appreciative. Thank you, Stephen. Um, the On Farm podcast, Telling Rural Stories, is brought to you by our team at Seen and Heard. Uh, that's the PR and marketing agency that my co-host Monty and I run together. We offer services from branding and web building to social media management, media relations, uh, PR and marketing strategy, and of course, podcast production and training. So please do get in touch if we can help you. And meantime, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>